0: From the WUFT Newsroom in Gainesville, Florida, I'm Ethan Majok. Welcome back to The Point. When Hurricane Irma swept through Florida, the power was knocked out to thousands of people in the Gainesville area. WUFT News reporter Luke Sullivan found out that even more than three months after the storm, some families are still in the dark. This week, we dedicate our entire podcast episode to one family's story of life without electricity. A home is a different place when the lights go out. Once familiar hallways and rooms navigable by instinct alone become dark, confusing labyrinths, their bright and warm colors reduced to flickers of detail revealed by weak candlelight. Heavy summer heat, usually kept at bay by the miracles of modern air conditioning, seeps into bedrooms, kitchens, and bathrooms. Air stagnates and seems to stick to your throat when you try to breathe. After Hurricane Irma, over 60,000 GRU customers lost power. Just over a week later, GRU had the number of their customers without power down to 349. This story, though, is not about the people who lost power at the mercy of the winds and rains of a hurricane, but rather those who lost it by the decisions and keystrokes of men and women in an office building.
1: So It's, it's getting ridiculous. It's, it's getting cold, you know. It's cold nights, even though, we, you know, we've, we tested out with kerosene heaters, you know, to keep warm. Um, we do have running run, run water, but we still ain't comfortable and stable in our house because it's getting expensive because we have to buy batteries then every day to keep the lights bright in the house so you can be able to look through there, take a bath, get ready, and, you know, kids get ready for school and stuff like that. So it's kind of hard.
0: That's Shanita Ricks. She and her family have been without power for 96 days as of recording this and counting. Ricks lives in her mom, Runell's house in East Gainesville. Her mom, just shy of old enough for social security, works as a housekeeper at a nearby a lodge. Ricks works at a daycare, and at home she takes care of eight children, three of her own and five of her sisters. This is Shanita's seven-year-old daughter, Myasia. It will really different when, when the life used to be back
1: home, Now, now the heritage is at our home.
0: Myasia's mom, Shanita, has taken on a lot in the past few months.
1: After a while, it was kind of rough, but then when you put your mind to it, when you know that you have to do it, it's, it's like, okay, I know I'm going to have to do this to make sure the kids get to school, you know, I'm going to have to do this. So it's, it was hard at first, but then after a while, my mind was set to it, to it where it was just a, a thing that it wasn't even bothering me no more. So that's pretty much how it was. I had my mind set to it because if I had my mind set to it, the other way, then it would have never accomplished them going to school, having clean's clothes, making sure to get out of here. So I had to keep my mind on that.
0: Irma tore off the Ricks weatherhead, that metal pipe sticking out of some houses receiving the power line. The power was still on, but the whole situation didn't seem too safe.
1: GRU came through here and it was on the streets at that time, looking at trees and power lines and stuff that people was going through. At that time, my mama notified them and let them know about this box. Hey, he's got this power line hanging down. I have grandkids here, and I don't want them to touch it and get less security because it would have been a disaster. Um, so the man notified GRU. They came out here. Um, then they come right then. They came out the next day. They came out the next day, which that, they came out that next morning. They came out. He um, took the box out. We didn't think it was going to be this bad. We thought the GRU was going to come over here and make sure it was click on and go on by their business, but it didn't go that way. It was a total 360 degree.
0: GRU refused to repair the damaged weatherhead, so the power could not be turned back on safely. Chief Customer Officer for GRU, William Shepard, says this is pretty run-of-the-mill.
2: So it's, it's right at the top of the weatherhead. Mm-hmm. So that's where we tie into the customer services. So if there's damage to this part, that's the customer's responsibility. When storms occur, it is very common for weatherheads to be damaged. line will come down, uh, or a limb will come down on the line and yank everything. It'll damage some of our facilities up line, and it'll damage some of the customers' facilities down line.
0: A functioning weatherhead and mount for the meter, called a meter can, are the responsibility of the customer. In fact, Shepard said GRU personnel are not permitted under NEC regulation to repair a weatherhead.
2: And it is—it's a—it's a sensitive issue around storm time because customers have that assumption that, you know, we start right at the meter, and we don't, and that's why we put this information on our website just to make it clear to them.
0: The Ricks were among those who missed the website and assumed GRU started at the meter.
1: Um, the contract people's, that, um, a friend of mine knows, um, he was like four hundred and fifty-seven dollars. Um, you have to get the box fixed in the house. We, we don't know how much that's going to cost yet. The roof got to be fixed. So we're looking at over over a $3,000 job. This
0: family of 10, unsurprisingly, does not have three grand ready to drop on repairs. Ricks heard from a neighbor that FEMA had been doing some relief work around Gainesville. She decided to give him a call.
1: We called a couple of days after the... Hurricane Emma. We called about the situation, about the roof and our lights and all that stuff like that. And then that's when um, we was put on the wait list and we didn't hear for about two months.
0: After those two months, a female representative, who the Ricks found nice enough, showed up at their door. After appraising the house, the man approved the Ricks for assistance. 24 hours later, a check arrived. Just over $700 made out for the purpose of rental assistance. So
1: when you do renaissance, to me, renaissance is not fixing up your house. Renaissance to me is paying where you've been living at due to so you can't live in the condition of your house. And that's what my understanding is.
0: Expecting that to be the beginning of the relief they needed, the Ricks distributed that money to friends and family who had helped them out in those two months. In the meantime, FEMA said they would send an application for the Ricks to apply for aid. Shanita walked me through what they told her to expect. Yeah. Um so you're still waiting on the application. You'll have to fill out the application, get all the receipts for the contractors that you're mm-hmm. planning on using. Mm-hmm. Organize all of that. Yeah. Send it back to them. Mm-hmm. They'll take up to 90 days to process it. Yes. And then they'll send you a check?
1: Uh the rent deposit or however it goes. That's ridiculous. I know. I know.
0: <laughs> Rick's sat in wait to tackle this task on top of everything else on her plate. Then a rather unexpected problem. A week passed, and then two, and then three. No application. FEMA's been quiet since then. In early November, the phone rang. According to Ricks, GRU told her that due to her inactivity in power consumption, she had to close her account and reopen it. Now, brace yourself, because things are about to get a little bureaucratic.
2: So we have three types of deposits. Okay. One is a deposit wave. That's if their uh, credit is good. Uh, The second is a standard deposit, and that's if they have okay credit or no credit. And the standard deposit, by the way, that's that $270. And then the third is a full deposit. The full deposit is if they have bad credit history, and we're going to charge them two times the average usage at that particular location that they're turning on, or the standard deposit, whichever is larger.
0: So, in closing her old account, her previous deposits for electric, water, and wastewater were refunded, totaling $748.27. This was absorbed by a $938.81 unpaid balance on that account. Ronell paid the remaining $190.54, and the account was closed. The new account was opened just for water and wastewater. But new accounts come with new deposits.
1: The deposit actually is going to, it's like I'm doing a, it's like saying that, You never had service with GRU and it's like you started back over, you run a credit check, you do this, they close out your old account and open up another account. That's how they do it.
0: A GRU representative told Ricks that once the weatherhead is fixed, she will have to pay an additional $440 deposit before the power will come back on at all. Another obstacle to overcome. A couple of notes on this whole episode. The Ricks technically gained $308.27 during this recategorization. But it's important to point out they also lost power in the deal. And while they were in more debt before IRMA, they had the luxury of managing that debt in an air-conditioned house under electric light. Incidentally, GRU has one other kind of deposit, called an additional deposit. Charged to existing accounts based on payment record, additional deposits may be up to $300 on top of a deposit paid at the beginning of services. With the costs racking up, the RICs have to be aware that the risk of non-payments may have even more expensive consequences. you go to a restaurant, you get your bill, um, you tell your waiter that you can't pay it, and the restaurant charges you another deposit on top of your check. I just feel like that I'm missing where the, where the additional deposit is helping people pay their
2: so bill. So the additional deposit is assurance that we are not gonna be left holding the bag for that bill. Um, you can look at it as penalizing, but we're looking at it as assurance that we're not going to have a bad debt that the rest of our customers are going to have to pay for.
0: But how is that deposit assuring you? Like, the, like, I understand the initial deposit.
2: In, in order for us to get to that point of assessing additional deposit, that customer has shown us bad payment practices. Either they have bounced checks. That's not good. Or they have gotten to the point of disconnection where the bill saying it's due didn't trigger them to pay. The late notice that they got didn't trigger them to pay. However, the disconnection triggered them to pay. So uh, we're going to make sure that if that customer's pay habits are such that it takes a disconnect for them to pay, we're going to make sure that we have a deposit on a file that will cover their balance if they choose not to reconnect.
0: In any case, for the Ricks, the lights are out and the house feels different.
1: You could feel the breeze in the air through your house because of everything was like pretty much alive. It's just a different breeze. You know how you could come home and be like, I'm home, but now when you come home, you don't have no It's like, not this again. You know, it's like your air is flattened out. It's like losing a best friend.
0: The reality of living without power long-term has set in.
1: Um, We buy food day by day. Sometimes we get like a cooler with ice in it, and we try to keep it cool. Or sometimes we'll take it to somebody's house and keep it cool for us. Um, But most of the time, we cook on a little, um, a little hot. Well, it's like one of them little burner things right there. So that's what we use to cook and cook, and it's like having a kitchen outside. That's how we pretty much do it.
0: The iron burner sits on the dirt in their front yard, connected to a blue Rhino five-gallon propane tank. Their kitchen is a gray folding table against the fence in the yard. It serves as both pantry and counter, populated by dishes, condiments, and a neat row of spices. Eventually, this became the new normal.
1: We have good days and we have bad days. Um, the bad days is we wish that we can go back how it was. The good days that we just, sometimes we overlook it and just say, good thing come those that way, and that's what we always say. Um, You know, so we try not to let it bother us. We try not to let it think so much. We try to just keep on going on about our business like it don't even exist when we know it do exist.
0: Ricks believes God will deliver her and that he would not hand her anything she couldn't handle. She looks forward to the day when her work and God's grace pays off. To her, anger and sadness are useless in getting her power back on. She tries to avoid them. But she's human, so they're still there. Arguably rightfully so
1: do blame GRU because I feel like y'all supposed to be a, a community place where y'all always do this community stuff for everybody else for the community. You know, doing volunteer work for people for community. I feel like y'all should be able to help somebody that's in need, especially when my mom's 65 and over. She's not like a young person where she could just jump out and do this and go through this and that, you know. So yeah, I blame them for that. Yeah, I blame them. But I mean when you mean like anything that they blame for this pole being told down no, I don't blame what Mother Earth did, but yeah, I blame y'all you because I feel like we shouldn't be in this situation like this for this long. Especially when we've been in the community for years and y'all been knowing it for years and been dealing with it for years. I mean, it's not only us. I mean, it could be anybody else's situation. What if somebody else was in our situation? And then sometimes I feel like you know, but I don't want people to think, oh yeah, she just you know sound like she's racist and anything. But sometimes I feel like it's a it's a color thing sometimes.
0: Ricks was quick to admit she didn't experience any overt or direct racism with GRU, but this story would be incomplete without at least mentioning that this happened to a black family living on the east side of Gainesville, a region of town historically lower socioeconomically, underserviced, and the subject of long-term, systematic racism going back to the founding of Gainesville.
1: If she was an old white lady, Mm -hmm. I felt like they might have would have helped her quicker than, you know, her being a black person.
0: Questions of race, justice, and utility policies aside, the fact remains there is a family of 10 in Gainesville that has remained without power for three months with absolutely no end in sight. Children take cold baths, study by an electric lantern, and sit in their mother's car to listen to music or watch TV on the small screen of their mother's smartphone. Shepard from GRU says that helping one family could be the beginning of a slippery slope.
2: If GRU was to come in and say, you know, we understand your troubles, uh, we understand your issues, let us fix it, there are probably somewhat five or 6,000 that would have that same circumstance. One, we're not electricians, believe it or not. The um, regulatory restrictions keep us from working on the secondary, and the secondary starts at that weatherhead. So it takes a licensed electrician to work on that. Uh, so we're not electricians. Second, uh, that amount of money that every other customer would expect for us to pay would now be putting that much burden on the other 95,000 customers. So again, it's another balancing act, only this time it's, it's more of a regulatory nature.
0: It is the needs of the 95,000 that outweigh the needs of the RICs. Myasia is SheNeed's seven-year-old daughter. She has some thoughts on the situation. Until um, not good. Not good. What What's changed for you? What's different? Um, I wish the light would be back on, so we'd watch TV and stuff. She and her family are surviving in this different place, but all they want is to find their way home and turn the lights on. Luke Sullivan, WUFT. You can see photos of the Rick's living situation at our website, WUFT.org. Thanks for joining us this week for The Point. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts by searching WUFT and get our newsletter from WUFT.org slash The Point. Have a great
2: weekend and we'll see you next Friday.